0: Hi everyone, it's Jen DeWall, and on this week's episode of the Leadership Habit Podcast, I sat down with Elise Bloom to talk all about networking. And let me tell you a little bit more about Elise. After attending numerous networking events as she was advancing her career, Elise pondered if networking is so important, how come no one has ever taught me how to do it? It's not taught in school, at home, or at work, and that ponderance became her business, where for the last eight years, she has been teaching people how to make networking less zucky and sharing scientifically proven tools to help people achieve an RON, a return on networking. Because if you are going to invest time in networking, you owe it to yourself to get a return. I hope you enjoy our conversation as Elise and I talk about how to network. Elise, Elise Bloom, it is so great to have you. Welcome to The Leadership Habit It's welcome to the show. I know that we've had one of your counterparts, Keith Bailey, on before, and I'm just excited to have you back representing Articulated Intelligence. And we're going to talk about today your expertise, which I love this, how to network, how to network, which I feel like No one really teaches you how to network. We all just probably show up at the event and then hope that divine intervention brings us to someone that's there.
1: 100%. That's exactly right.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, before we dive into the show, talking about how to network, which of course, leaders, if you're listening, we need to know how to network inside our organization, outside of our organization, whether it be looking for potential clients or people to do business with. Networking is incredibly important. And many of us fell out of practice over the past few years with maybe not having that opportunity. But before we dive into the show, Elise, would you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about yourself, who you are, what you do, and also what articulated or yeah, what what articulated intelligence does.
1: I would love to. Well, thank you so much for having me. And on behalf of all of us at articulated intelligence, we're so excited to be here for our second appearance, if you will. A little bit about me. I have always loved languages, learning different languages, trying different accents, trying to speak different languages. In fact, when I was uh, in elementary school, you could picture me in a classroom at a table learning English, and then also learning Hebrew. And then as I got older, uh, you can picture me in a high school room, a public high school, and you know the ever popular language of Spanish. And it was actually in high school I chose to study abroad. I moved to Ecuador for six months and immersed myself in that language, and it has really paid off because. In college, I was then on a plane and spent a year in Spain, really perfecting my Spanish. And ultimately, I believe this language has helped me land the most important person in my life, my husband. So I am married to a Colombian man. And now in our home, my husband and I are both learning one word at a time, Mandarin, because our daughter, who's four, is in an immersive Mandarin program. So she's teaching us that language. And so, like I said, I've been learning languages. My husband is a dual um, language speaker. And the work we do at Articulated Intelligence is also like a language and learning a language. And we are here to help give people the tools of how to learn the language of being a storyteller and specifically how to incorporate stories when you're trying to build relationships with other people, when you're trying to network, when you are networking, when you're at a conference, when you're pitching, when you're influencing, when you're selling, essentially anytime when you're showing up as a human being and there are, are other human beings there, that is an opportunity to communicate. It could be in any language you choose, but if you can incorporate the language of storytelling, we know that it lends itself to deeper, more meaningful relationships than any other tool In the world. And that's what we're here to do is help people become better storytellers. No. And I love that too, as it relates to deepening
0: connection, because I feel like the number one reason people dislike networking, I mean, I know we're going to jump into that, is because we don't get necessarily that meaningful connection. It just feels like everyone has rehearsed answers. Oh, what do you do? This is what I do, blah, blah, blah. And it feels like people are half engaged in a conversation.
1: You're so spot on. You know, when I speak about language and storytelling as a language, it's, I think, important to recognize, and you had mentioned this earlier, that networking is also could be considered a language. And just as no one is born speaking any language, everyone comes out and has to learn a language based on the people they're around, the culture, their communities. It's the same for networking and storytelling. We really believe that in order to be a great networker and to see what we call an RON, a return on networking, it's a practice. And you have to learn certain techniques and tools. And there's really not a need for hope in networking. You said, like, we're all hoping that this, like, divine intervention comes and helps us sit next to the right person or helps us meet the right person. Hopefully, you don't need hope if you apply certain techniques and practice it. And the same for storytelling. We also truly believe that no one is born a storyteller. You become a storyteller through practice and through repetition and through feedback. And so all of these in our minds are various languages. And again, languages, like you said, are such a powerful way to connect with people that goes beyond your name, a title, a company, like you said, kind of your average elevator pitch or introduction, right?
0: Well, and I just those are always the things that I, you know, because I I feel like I've been in networking situations at different times when I had a job that I was super excited about. I've I've talked about it. I've also been in networking situations where. I didn't have a job. I was looking for a job. And yeah. I feel like then it made it even more difficult to engage because I felt like I had nothing, no value to add. I wasn't representing a company. I was truly just there to meet people. And then you just sit there and you're like, wow, everyone else has their life figured out except for me, because clearly they're all here. Like that's the head trash that I start to have. <laughs> so let's dive into it. We're going to talk about how to network. How to network, how to do it. And I mean, could you argue that networking can
1: actually be enjoyable? It can a hundred percent. I don't, I don't have to argue it. I can just prove it, but I can also, if I back up a little bit, you know, share a lot of personal stories. I'll, I'll share one of I wasn't, I've always loved people. I've always loved engaging with people, communicating with people. And you know, my parents will tell a story of I'm one of three children and we had the fortune of traveling some as, as a family and my sister sitting, you know, we're at the gate waiting for the flight. My sister's there reading. My brother is sitting there with a game boy and I am just off wandering around, not with the permission of my parents, trying to find anyone to talk to and just chat with as a young kid. And I would ultimately feel this kind of tap on my shoulder. I'd look up it be my parents, they would then apologize to whoever I was, you know, deep in conversation with, maybe like, we're so sorry. Like she always does this. She just runs off and tries to chat with people. and they'd be like, "Oh, it's fine. And my punishment was then I had to come back and, you know, color or read because I wanted to engage with people. Now, you can have this desire and this love to talk to people, and you can be extroverted, introverted. It doesn't matter. The difference is, How you become, I think, great at networking is the intention you put behind it and knowing do you have a destination? Where are you trying to go? And not just for your own benefit. In fact, I read a book when I first became a coach and a consultant 10 years ago called The Go-Giver. Have you read that book? No, I've never heard it. Oh my gosh. It's a fantastic book. It's almost like a fable. It's short, it's a story, and it's essentially a story about a salesperson who's struggling to hit their sales goals or their targets, and this other person who gives them these kind of five life-slash-professional lessons. And the first lesson in the book is always give more in value than what you take in payment. And I really have tried to adopt that principle just in my whole life, but even when I've worked with clients or have friends or family who were, who like were in your position where you were like, well, I'm now in the position of needing something because I need a job. How do I show up and give value? Like I'm the one who needs something. And I think this is the first way to think about how to network differently is, is reframing our mindset and reframing that when we think about networking, it's not just a, a simple give or take that it is about. Simply talking to other humans, having a mindset ideally that you can show up in any situation, whether you're employed, unemployed, somewhere in between, that we all have value to bring to other people's lives. And it doesn't have to be tangible or have a monetary um, assignment to it. It could be, yes, I'm looking for a job and I would meet this person who's just moved to Denver. Well, guess what? I'm a native. Do you need recommendations for a hairstylist, for a doctor, for restaurants, for birthday parties? That is that mindset of the go-giver. I can can give you more in value than quote what I'm taking in payment. Because what if I'm not taking anything in payment per se, but the payment is that now when ideally the conversation turns and the person asks, wow, that's great. Thanks so much for all these recommendations. How can I help you? I can then say, you know, I'm actually looking for a job. They can help me. They can add value by simply saying, gosh, can I connect you with this person who is in a company that you might be interested in? Can I share a book idea with you? Can I send you an article? So this idea of networking has to be this give or take, or it has to have like a monetary value. I think we can put that aside and just start with how can we reframe networking, starting with what is our mindset when we go into networking? How can we bring value regardless of who or what situation we're in? And then also remembering that networking is meant to be a reciprocal process, but it doesn't have to be every time. And so it's okay if you find yourself when you're like, I actually do need something. I do need references, job postings, uh, book recommendations, whatever it might be. And so, again, just that quick reframe, I think, can really help people start to think about networking a little bit differently. I love that. It's just
0: the starting with your mindset, because, I mean, everyone, you have to know this as leaders or listeners of the leadership habit. We don't have the right mindset. There's no way that in anything that we do, we're going to get anything out of it. And so I guess check yourself before you wreck yourself. Now, I mean, that's an old school that's reference.
1: Funny. That's funny. Um,
0: How do you? So I know that people, I think there's a lot of kind of, I feel like it is a myth, but I want to know there's a lot of maybe truths that people are telling themselves that you can't network in a virtual world as well, or that you have to find yourself in a face to face environment to truly be able to network. And I think that people really maybe reserve or just get into that hey, wait and hope someone comes and asks me to do it because they feel like in a hybrid world or in a virtual world, we just can't do that. What would be some ways that you would say you can actually still connect and network in a hybrid world?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, yes, just yes. Like as a disclaimer, do I think that the opportunity to be in person with other human beings is more powerful than virtual? Yes, I do. However, I don't think it's that much more powerful. I think that if you set yourself up to be successful in a virtual space to network, it can lend itself to so much potential and to a lot of what, again, we call RON, return on networking. So for example, one is being clear about, and this is for any situation, but specific, you know, very much for virtual, like, what is the purpose? What is your goal? I always ask people like, "Are you a goal setter?" And you know, some people are, and some aren't. But especially those that are like, "Yeah, I'm a goal setter." I say, "How many times do you set networking goals?" I'm like, "Never." I'm like, that's weird. How often do you set fitness goals, financial goals? I'm like, "Oh yeah, all the time." I'm like, huh? It, it so we're 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 ready to set goals for other things, but when it comes to networking again, we come we we rely on that like hope. I just hope. So coming into a virtual setting, have a goal, and that goal could be either. Qualitative or quantitative. Qualitative, it could be, I am going to push myself to feel more confident by asking a question, an open-ended question to the person I typically wouldn't ask for the purposes of getting to know them better, having some of the awkwardness that we're on a screen kind of diminish and just have it be feel more like a natural conversation. So again, qualitative goals can be like how I'm feeling. I even ask clients to think about set a qualitative goal like on a scale so like one to ten if one you're like zero confidence ten I feel totally confident or zero this is a total waste of time ten a great use of my time how do you ideally want to feel when you start this virtual networking engagement how do you where do you want to maintain that level during it and then when you're done where do you want to be on that scale and that helps people like think like okay if I Someone just starts to ramble on, or I had this great question and I forgot, and now all of a sudden I'm my confidence is back at a two. Can you rebound? Can you find a way to get reengaged? You're still here. Yes, you're looking at a camera, but there is another human being on the other end, and there's always time for like you know the great fourth quarter comeback. Um, when we think of quantitative goals, it's it's similar, but you can just attach a number typically to it. So I want to meet X amount of people. And that might mean that I choose to go to events or I host events that are virtually where I know there'll be opportunities to go into breakout rooms so I can have those deeper conversations in smaller settings like I would like to be having if I were in person meeting someone for coffee or if I was at a conference and I know I am I have to go to the conference because it's for work, but the big sessions where it's just roaming around hoping you meet someone to talk to, I've never had success. It's where I find myself outside taking a break. And there's a couple other people out there taking breaks. And that's where I find conversations possible. You can find that as well, but you have to put a little bit more effort into thinking, how can I ensure that the event I'm going to online, or if I, if you take it on yourself, create the opportunity to put yourself in those positions where you'll feel more confident to like, you know i had this many conversations or i shared my contact information with this many people through the chat or i put up a qr code for my linkedin on my virtual background and asked for people to scan it so like same idea of like i passed this many cards or i connected with this many people but you have to just be a little bit more creative when you're in the virtual setting
0: yeah more and more intentional i know i had read a some type of report i i read a better up research report and they had said that in a Virtual world, to connect with people, you have to invest 1.4 times more effort. 1.4, so it's not, you can't wait and hope because you actually have to exert more to get anything. Crosstown is a global organization dedicated to developing effective leaders. Companies all over the world have seen their managers transformed into leaders through our award-winning and accredited leadership development programs. Our signature BPM program provides interactive management training with a results-oriented curriculum and prime networking opportunities. If you're interested in learning more about our flagship program and developing your managers into leaders, please visit our website to find a leadership trainer near you. Or maybe you yourself have always wanted to train and develop others. Presscom is a global franchise with ownership opportunities available throughout the world. If you have ever thought about being your own boss, owning your own business, and leveraging your leadership experience to impact businesses and leaders in your community, Crestcom may be the right fit for you. We're looking for professional executives who are looking for a change and want to make a difference in people's lives. Learn more about our franchise opportunity on the Own a Franchise page of our website at Crestcom.com. How can you, you know, going into thinking about, you said questions earlier, and I'm curious if, you know, would you recommend someone to have a list of questions that they go through? Would you recommend, how would you recommend someone maybe preparing, like they start with the mindset and then how else can they help prepare themselves
1: for those situations? So great question, whether it's virtual or in person, I'm a huge believer kind of going back to like the idea of setting a goal that your goal could also be that you have taken time to prepare questions and you maybe have also a second goal have taken time to research who's hosting the event maybe if you have access to a list of attendees or people who will be on so that your questions aren't just like super vague but i know for many of us time is always you know isn't necessarily on our side so um I like to default to, and I know Keith will be on on a podcast with you later on, and he's going to really go into our storytelling methodology, but this is a tool that actually stems from our foundational exercise of storytelling, which is using certain prompts, such as first, best, last, or worst, to help you think of big questions. And so, for example, the question I always ask people right now, because it's April, is I'll say, what's been the best part of 2023? And what this does is it's open-ended. They can't answer with, yeah, good, because that doesn't doesn't make sense. It forces someone to stop and think, and I am intentionally quiet, so I'm giving them the space to think through their head, and then they tell me whatever it is. It can be personal, professional, a mix, but I'm also intentionally giving them a question to help them narrow in their mind a, a specific answer. Because I could ask, so how's 2023 been? First of all, they're is going in to be it's either it's either gonna be, yeah, pretty good, or it's been not so good. Okay, shoot, now my question's gone and I'm, I have nothing else to say and they haven't told me anything. How do I keep the conversation going? When we ask a question that's so vague, so big or so open-ended, it can it can kind of backfire with just simply adding best, what's been the best part? It automatically, in their mind, blocks out all the bad parts. And takes them to something good. What this also does in networking is 9 out of 10 times, the person is then going to ask the same question that they were asked back to me. So if I'm trying to be prepared and ready, and let's say I am trying to pitch an idea or pitch to a client, or I'm just trying to, uh, you know, tell, increase awareness about my business, I can now know that they're going to say what's been the best part of 2023 for you. I can go a 100 directions with this because I have had time to think through, hmm, do I want to talk about this client we landed or this new opportunity for licensing our program or this many keynotes we've had? Or do I want to talk about something my family or my kids? If I've already heard that the person told me like, you know, they have kids. Maybe I say, oh, the best part of my 2023 was when my kid did it so that I'm relating with them and that we're creating a deeper connection. So again, I, I say first, best, last, worst. Using these as ways to think of big questions, but also helping the person or people you're talking to have a more concrete way of one finding an answer and then sharing it with you
0: well, and I love I love the first um best last words. we've talked about it on the show before. We're likely going to talk about it again. and it could be. Oh, yeah. Um, and even as I understand it, it could be, what's the best part of 2023? What's the worst? What's the last thing you did? Um, and that's kind of how you do it. You take one subject and you do best, last,
1: worst. Wait, what was the last one? At First, best, first. last, and worst. And I'll, and I'll say, you know, we haven't really touched on this, but like the importance and even more now than ever of internal networking within your team, within your company. And again, because companies have people who are on a team and can be in five different time zones or four different continents. How do you, you know, it's you don't have the opportunity to go up to the water cooler or grab a coffee and have that small talk. And so these can be great questions, right? If you have a weekly team, this, or a quarterly team, that is if even if you're not in charge, but is suggesting to the person who is in charge of saying, you know, before we dive into the quarterly business updates or to the, whatever we're doing, could we have the first 10 minutes where everyone goes around and we get placed in, in breakout rooms and we answer one or the one or two of those types of questions just to connect with each other as humans. Yeah. And, and again, it, we actually did this with a client or we, we ask this question all the time just cause it's easy and everyone has an answer. And what was interesting is we asked a client, we were, there was two, two of our clients on the same call. They work at the same company and we were, getting ready to um, finalize a bunch of sessions that we were going to be delivering for them. And then Keith and I also wanted to start planting some seeds for some other ideas we had. And we said, oh, so what's been the best part of 2023? The first person answered, she told us this story that she had cooked this like traditional soup with her grandmother that she hadn't done in years. It was awesome. Great. Our next, the next client said, you know, he kind of took a deep breath and he, <clears throat> he did one of those sighs. You can just feel through the screen. And he said, I'll be honest, the best part about 2023 is that I still have a job. And it was like, oh, and the whole energy shifted. And he said, you know, it's, we've had to let go of their big tech company. we have had to let go of so many people and it's been devastating, but I, I try and wake up every day grateful for my job. And it was in that moment that Keith and I, We're both in Denver. We don't live in the same home, but we were on a Zoom, but we were in the chat and he was saying, We're not bringing up the other stuff. Don't bring up, you know, don't bring up the stuff we were going to lightly pitch. And I was like, Yeah, of course not. And we were able to shift and one, just acknowledge him and be like, Wow, thank you for telling us that. And thanks for being so honest and vulnerable because we know vulnerability is such a powerful connection tool. But it also helped us with our quote unquote networking skills to just be human with them. And after we got through the conversation about, you know, these upcoming sessions that we already have a signed contract for, we didn't go and say, well, can we actually have some other ideas? It was like, this is not the time or place. That would be so inappropriate and so gross. And that's not the business we're in. And it's like, so it's also thinking about sometimes the power of being in virtual settings is you can pivot like that and you don't, you're not, "Quote unquote," wasting someone's time because you're not sitting with them at a coffee shop or in their office, and you're like, "So yeah, now we have nothing to talk about." Because when we were done with what we needed to talk about, we just said, "You know, thanks again for your time." And essentially, they're like, "Okay, yeah, I guess we get 20 minutes back." Yeah, we'd love to give you 20 minutes back of what we had "quote unquote" scheduled. Everyone loves that. I mean, talk about a gift that you can give in networking. So, I think that there are different. Again, it's it's a reframe of using the big questions watching and acknowledging how, what people share with you as a tool to then direct how the conversation needs to go is just, it's just a tool that again, like we're just humans. We're all just trying to do the best we can. And if we can show up and give people that space, I really do think it makes a difference.
0: Well, and who wouldn't like going in there intentionally or reading the room, if you will, because I have absolutely been in networking situations and this is not my term. I just heard it and I was like, there's two terms that I love and it's kind of shows how I can feel about networking. Either you can go into a room and feel like you just got networked on, which I'm like, that doesn't feel good. And that one just that gives me the cringes even when I say it. Or to then feel like you go into it and you're just having a nice conversation. You're not, like, you might be talking about summer and all of a sudden someone just pitch slaps you with, like, their offer. That's the other phrase I really like. I'm like, yeah, that does happen, pitch slapping. Where these people have not read the room, they haven't even thought about me as an individual, probably not even asked me a question so much as they want to push all of the information at me. And I'm the type of person that will, I'll walk away from that, I don't care. I do not want to hear it. Like, if you talk ob- like, not talk over me, but if you are talking and only reference to yourself and what you're trying to do, that's a huge off-putting thing for me. Oh, but, yeah.
1: Like, I mean, yeah, that's just, again, I, I, I've never heard that term, pitch slapping, but that's exactly what it is. And again, I think here's another positive of the virtual world is that you avoid the inevitable person who's just like walking around, just like slinging their business card. And you're just like, uh, no, thanks. Like I didn't ask for it. I don't want it. Or right. you know, I've heard so many stories where if you go to an event and you like sit down and then there's already someone's business card at each of the seats, then that person has just left. So they've come in to like basically market themselves, but they're not even there. It's like this is 2023, you know, we're just in a different time. And I'm glad to see that the world is one, catching up to the fact that networking doesn't have to be this icky, we only are robotic professionals and we talk about what we do and that it, it's a place to you know show up and be human first and foremost, find a way to connect with the person. And if and when appropriate to talk about your work or their work, that will happen. The harder part where people can begin to stand out as powerful networkers is if they don't default to that. If they come in with a different mindset, if they have the ability to think about a goal, if they're willing to get to a networking event early, I know that's like a big thing. People are like, oh, I just like to get there late when it's already buzzing. And it's like, if you get there early, you'll likely meet the organizers. They'll likely ask why you're there, who they can introduce you to. You'll likely not find yourself in that position where you walk into a crowded room and everyone's already in a circle or paired up, and you're like, Ugh, how do I break in? So right. I think that, and again, that's another beauty of virtuals. Everyone's coming in at the same time.
0: <laughs> right? Right.
1: You're all equal at the, in, at, at, in that regard. So there are a lot of, I, I do see a lot of changing in networking. And I also see that post-pandemic, yes, people are extremely nervous. Also people I really applaud are saying, you know what? No, I don't need to go to that. I don't want to go to that which means the things they are saying yes to, they're showing up with a very different attitude and energy. And that carries not just for them, but for everyone else there. I we know toxic toxic energy, right? I mean, it is powerful and poisonous. And, it, and the same with positive energy. So if people are showing up and they're excited to be there and they're willing to be there, oops, that is felt throughout the whole room as well. And that's a benefit to everyone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I want to be by the person that's like, I'll have what they're having. Yes. Like, exactly. I, I want that energy. I don't want the people that look. I also, I guess the thing for me is I I do pay attention to body language when I'm walking it. If you look like, if I perceive, right, because it's my perception, but if I perceive that you might be really full of yourself, I will avoid you <laughs> like a hundred percent I don't want to talk to a high ego person. Like, and that's also not fair because I know that there's obviously bias that's latent in that. But if you're someone that I think I can tell wants to kind of like show me how great you are, like you're probably the last
1: person I'll want to talk to. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> Cause we're just humans trying to be here and connect. And that's even again coming back to your question of how can we utilize the virtual platform is. I could be standing like this for this. And I don't know if people are, if this is just going to be audio, but what I'm doing right now is my arms are crossed. I've leaned totally back away from the camera. It says something very different versus if my arms are relaxed on my desk and I'm leaning in and I'm smiling. It's a completely different pose body language. And I promise if I do this in person or here, virtually it feels differently and people read that and it's, it's an opportunity. I'm basically saying I am here. Please talk to me. I am not, I won't bite.
0: Yes. I'm, I can't remember if you were the one, but someone, and so I'm sorry if it was you and I forgot, or if it was someone else that I'm misquoting this, but someone had recently said when you're on a zoom camera to even like sit with your hands underneath. So people can see that you're not multitasking.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't, I I don't know if I said that, but I do Um, like it.
0: I like that one because I'm like, yeah. So I try if I'm ever asking questions now, like I know you can see me, but I try to go like this so they can see both my hands. So they know I'm not like playing on my phone or writing an email or something like
1: that. And I really liked that one. I think that that's, I think that's so true. Um, One other tip I I think that has really helped me and helped so many people, whether it's in the virtual realm of networking or in person, internal, external, it, it really covers all the bases is something that I call the 75% reconnection rule. That was a lot. 75% reconnection rule, which means that if we go way back to the idea of you're now going to commit to setting a networking goal. Let's say you set a goal that you're going to, in some capacity, spend one hour a week networking. That doesn't mean you have to be at an event. It could be researching. It could be reading. It could be all these things. That 75% of that. So again, that's four hours a month, I'm not a mathematician, but I can do this, this equation, four hours a month, that three of those, 75%, should be spent reconnecting with people you already know, like and trust, or reconnecting with events or associations, groups, that that where you already have some established level of likability, they know you, hopefully there's a level of trust. And then that, that 25%, that other hour is for something maybe totally new. Someone knew a different event, a different type of event. Maybe you're going to try and volunteer. Maybe you're going to check out what it would be like to sit on this board. Maybe you're going to, I don't know what it is. And what this does is one, it makes it both really easy to look back and be like, okay, am I hitting that goal quantitatively? That's easy. Like, Did I do those four hours? Did I do them in that way where it was three of them were spent reconnecting in some capacity? In those three hours, my guess is they felt so much easier, so much lighter, Did't feel like, quote unquote, networking. it felt like talking to a friend or talking to a friend of a friend. and that it was a lot easier that if you had a need, I'm looking for an investor, I'm looking for a job, I'm want to pick your brain on X, that that you were able to get to that ask a lot faster in the conversation. Than with someone who you've just met. Ooh, I love that rule. And then the, that per, the the person or the event that it's totally new. That's a place to also just try something new. Like, what do you have to lose? So, are you trying out a new introduction? Are you trying out a new big question? Are you? Um, you've always been the person that goes late. <laughs> are you going to go to this event and you're going to be early? And that's the twenty five percent for you of your goal. Like, so. I it's just, again, reframing how we think about networking, how we do networking, and and of course, like, much, like why we're doing the networking. And um, I think when people can just take a little bit of time to think about that and give themselves the permission that it can be as simple as the 75% rule, it makes it a lot more doable. And like you said, yes, it can actually be enjoyable or fun and not this like daunting, overwhelming horrible thing that we're all supposed to be doing. I love it. At least it's been great
0: having you on the show. So starting with your mindset, get your mindset right and pay attention to it both like virtual or in-person settings. But I really love that 75% rule because I think oftentimes, I guess, when I think about it, I forget about the people I know or why it's important to reconnect with them. And chances are that's, you said, like that's someone that already, you have a foundational relationship with. So you can actually have a deeper conversation or one that might be more meaningful or impactful.
1: Elise, how can our audience get in touch with you? We will thank you for having me and for the awesome questions and conversation. You know, we um, as a, as a business, we are really active on LinkedIn. We are constantly posting new content that is what we believe to be of high value to really that gives tips and tools on how to be better networkers, how to be better storytellers, again, as a tool to connect. So people can check us out on LinkedIn and it's at Articulated Intelligence. They can also come to our website, which is articulated-intelligence.com. And I look forward to connecting with people and having people join in on the conversation, sharing their tips and tools. And of course, if there are people who have these networking war stories. And, you know, I've, I've talked to lots of people over the years who are like, Oh no, no, I gave networking up. Like, as if it, you know, was like some sort of vice. Um, I respect that. And I just, when you're ready to come back, you know, please reach out. We're here to be of help in any way we can. And thanks again for allowing us to share our passion about networking today. I love it.
0: And we're going to be following back up with your counterpart, Keith, too soon. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Elise. It was great to have you. And thanks for hopefully changing the mindset that people have around networking. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Leadership Habit Podcast. I hope that you enjoyed Elise and I's conversation. And if you want to connect or get to know more about Elise, head on over to LinkedIn and look for their company articulated-intelligence, or you can go to articulated-intelligence.com, and there you can find more about their services that they offer, networking, storytelling, and so much more. If you know someone that could benefit from hearing this podcast and helping them understand and build their confidence on networking, share this with them. And in closing, if you're looking to develop your leadership workforce, head on over to crosscom.com, we would love to come into your organization and offer a complimentary leadership skills retreat. And also, if you go to Crestcom.com, there you can find our ebooks, our monthly complimentary webinars, and so much more. Thank you for listening. Until next time.